I claim on earth what's coming from heaven to be here any day. Oh, I can taste his promise that is coming my Hello, way. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Growing in God's Word podcast with Dr. Jim and Joy McInnes. Our purpose is to bring to you encouraging teachings that will help you grow in your understanding of the Word of God. Yes, and this is Dr. Jim here right now. Today, I want to share with you a verse that I have seen so many lives changed as they understood it, and it's something that means much to me. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul is saying, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, we live in a day of makeovers, and here in Florida, where I'm broadcasting today, uh, we have tons of makeover programs on TV all the time. You know, how to fix it, and how to fix your house, and how to die, and people just love it. The ads on TV say, get a new body, feel like a new person, remodel your house, make it look neat. Uh, new, uh, restore your car, pump all that Botox all in your body and look new. What is this fascination with being a makeover? Some psychologists have suggested it has everything to do with a deep-seated discontent that, that uh, rules our lives today. Uh, this discontent with things around us and with ourself. Some people are obsessed with reclaiming youth and newness, but Let's say you got it all. You rebuild. You got that new body. You got that new heart. You have a tighter chin, a firmer stomach. But in the end, you're the same person. Same things around you, problems. And we get disappointed. And then we discover that God has the ultimate remake. Paul talks about it. Something that will last for eternity. First, he begins this verse. He says, in Christ. This means a new identity. When you come to Jesus and you ask him to come into your heart, Paul uses the phrase, in Christ. It's used 25 times in Paul's epistles, 88 times in the New Testament. For example, Romans 8.1, There's no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. Yeah, this is another way, like Jesus says, to be born again. And what he means is invite Christ into your life. You are in Christ. You belong to him. The New Testament creation realities we're going to talk about are only for those that are in Christ. Everything else we do outside of him, we think makes us better, but what we do in Christ completely changes us. You see, Jesus is talking about more than a makeover. He's talking about making you new. This is not an overhaul. This is not just just new in, in the sense they got a new coat of paint. The word kahinos, the, the word in the Greek here, means unused, fresh, novel. This describes something that's created at a, a qualitative new level of excellence. Uh, Rick Rayner, in his book, uh, Sparkling Gems from the Greek, he talks about this word. He says, quote, It describes something that is brand new or recently made. It also carries the idea of something that is superior, 
This means when Jesus Christ came into your life, you were made brand spanking new. The new you is superior to the old you. In fact, you are so new that the verses calls you a new creature. The rabbinical usage about being new was used in the Jewish culture, but I'm one who has converted from idolatry to Judaism, meaning he's new, he's left the old. No matter what you've done in the past, no matter who you may have been, your past is not only totally forgiven, you've become a brand new person with a whole new identity in Jesus. A new what? The Bible says creation. It didn't say just a new uh, attitude or a new life uh, in this world. No, what he's saying is a new creation. Galatians 6.15 brings this up, and it says, For in, again, in Christ, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision avails anything, but a new creation. The word creation is the same word that's used to describe the creation of the world. That God created out of nothing something. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. In other words, nothing we saw, like atoms and dust that came together. No, God created out of nothing. What he's saying, he's making a new creation out of you. He's making something so completely new. Just like out of nothing, he made the worlds. Actually, the word is also translated that God has made us a new creature, a new creation, a brand new, spanking new creation. Why is that important? What it means is, very important, it means that the old me, has, has changed. It's gone. Not just changed. It's been, it's gone. And a new me is living today. Actually, one way it says for new creation is a whole new species. Some translations say that. That's so interesting. Species. That means there's, there's dogs, there's cats, there's fish, there's deer, there's hum- humans, and there's Christians. I mean, that's what he's saying. A whole new species. Why is that? This new species has new principles, new realities, a new friendship that deeper than anything this world has. New meeting. It is a total eternal rebirth. God takes us and he, he just doesn't fix us. He remakes us. Oh, I like it. What does that mean? Let me just bring a couple points to this and this short program. Because if we're a new creation, he says, first thing, old things have passed away. That means that when we became in Christ, the old things, the curse from Adam no longer implies to us we're in Christ. The sin line has been broken. You're no longer controlled by sin. We discover also that the old things don't satisfy anymore because we're new. We're a new creation. What used to be important no longer seems important. It also means that the past has no power over me. Why? Because I'm died and I'm hidden Christ. 
Paul said this in Corinthians, Colossians 3, 3. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Uh, the NCV translation says, Your old sinful self has died, and your new life is kept with Christ in God. How does that apply? Well, let me give you one uh, way. It doesn't matter what you were in the past. That's not the you that you are today. Yes, you may feel some of the the same thought patterns. You may feel some of the, the bondages from the past. But the reality is Christ has made you new. They no longer need to control you if you can understand who you are today. You could have been a failure in the past, a loser, bound by fear and worry, a drunkard or addicted uh, to any number of things. You may have been rejected as I was growing up. You may not have measured up to people's expectations, but when you receive Christ in your life, you get a brand new beginning because you're a brand new person and a brand new creation in Christ. You now find your identity in Christ, not what people have said, not your past, not your mistakes, but in Christ and his word. You are a brand new person, fully equipped to live a victorious life. As a new creation, the old value systems, the priorities, the beliefs, the loves, the plans are gone. Evil and sin are still there to attack you. Still, your old uh, thoughts and things may still be there to attack, but they no longer have control. You see, we are a new creation, and we the past is past. When the past attacks me, I just think, I'm a new creation. That doesn't belong to me anymore. When the devil comes and reminds you of your past, oh, remind yourself of your present and your future. Recognize that the past is past. Philippians 3.13 But this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I keep pursuing the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. The next thing is, he says, Behold, all things have become new. Now the past is gone. That doesn't mean it doesn't try to have its effect on you. That's why we do, like Paul says, forgetting what's behind but now, he says, behold, all things have become new. Literally, new things have come to be, is what he says. That does not mean you're perfect. Old habits, evil thoughts, attitudes will crop up. Paul talks about this. In Romans, you can read about it. This verse does not describe a believer's practice, but rather his position. I am my position today is different than it was before. I've been adopted. I'm in Christ. My present is I'm not what I used to be. And I'm not what I'm going to be. God is changing me daily. First John tells us what we do. If those past thoughts and those things still condemn us. He said, if our, First John 3.20, If our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence in the presence of God. So he's saying even if our hearts condemn us, God is greater. If you listen and understand that you're a new creation, God will guide you. Well, my problem is I'm a believer, but I don't feel like a new creation. I've had some 
converts say, I don't feel saved. Does that make him any less saved? It's like the man one day, he got married, and and uh, he wakes up the next day, and he looks at his wife, and he says, Funny, I don't really feel married. And she looks at him and says, Well, you better adjust your feelings to the fact. <laughs> you are. Well, you are. Whether you feel it or not, our emotions take time to adjust. And I remember when I first came to Jesus, I thought, man, I don't feel much different. But when I look back after two, three weeks, my attitudes had changed, my outlook had changed, and things that used to really put me down didn't have the same effect. But sometimes we say we feel the same. We look in the mirror and, oh, that's the same person. But you are. You need to understand. And Paul answers that by saying, that we should reckon ourselves to be alive. Reckon yourselves. Romans 6.11, it says, so you should also consider yourself. And the King James says to reckon yourself, to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. What's that mean? That means when those things come, I consider yourself free. Consider yourself a new creation. Consider yourself I'm a new person in Christ. But why do I still feel the chains, the hurts, the wounds? You know, I, I had a friend who's gone on to the Lord, uh, Harry Greenwood, a fantastic man of God, a Bible teacher. And he wrote a book. And in the book, the cover had a man sitting in a jail cell. And he's bent over, looking sad and depressed. But as you look, the jail door was open. He was sitting in his cell, just considering his past, that he, considering that he was been put in jail, yet the door was open. And that's for many of you listening. You, you keep thinking of the past, you keep thinking these things, and not realizing that the door has been open. Christ has died for you. Not only that we become born again, but he makes us a new creation. He's re, he's rewiring us. You know, rewiring our minds, our emotion, our lives, step by step. There was once a story I read about a girl called Margaret, and she had spent decades battling uh, depression and anxiety. And most of it traced back to a horrible day in school, when a teacher who was frustrated with her tardiness made her stand in front of the room and she invited all the students to come up to the board and write something bad about her on the chalkboard. The kids were ruthless. What a terrible teacher, huh? They wrote things like, Margaret is ugly. Margaret smells. Margaret is stupid. All 25 students went up to the board and wrote these hurtful things. This event inflicted wounds that Margaret felt difficult to heal. She battled depression and discouragement. It was angry all the time. Finally, she went to a psychologist for help, a Christian psychologist, and she spent two years meeting weekly, but finally they reached the end of their sessions. The counselor said, Margaret, I know this would be difficult, but just to make sure you're ready to move on, I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to go back to your schoolroom and detail the events of that day. Take your time. Describe each of the children as they approach the blackboard. Remember what they wrote and how you felt. 
do this for all 25 students. In a way, this would be easy for Margaret. For 40 years, she remembered every detail. 40 years. And yet to go through the nightmare one more time would take every bit of strength they had. After a long silence, she began the painful description. One by one, she described each of the students vividly as though she had just seen them. Stopping every once in a while to regain composure, forcing herself to face each of those students one more time. Finally, when she was done and the tears would not stop, Margaret cried a long time before she realized someone was whispering her name. Margaret, Margaret, Margaret. She looked up to see her counselor staring into her eyes, saying her name over and over again. Margaret stopped crying for a moment. Margaret, you let one person out one person. I certainly did not. I've lived this story for 40 years. I know every student by heart. No, Margaret, you forgot someone. See, he's sitting in the back of the classroom. He's standing up, walking towards your teacher, Mrs. Garner. She's handing him a piece of chalk, and he's taking it. Margaret, he's taking it. Now he's walking over to the backboard and picking up an eraser. Margaret, he's erasing every one of the sentences the students wrote. They're gone. Margaret, they're gone. Do you recognize him yet? Yes, his name is Jesus. And look, he's writing new sentences on the board. Margaret is loved. Margaret is beautiful. Margaret is gentle and kind. Margaret is strong. Margaret has great courage. And Margaret began to weep. But very quickly the weeping turned into a smile and then to laughter and then into tears of joy. You see, that's what Jesus does. That's why Revelations 21 tells us, Behold, 21.5, I make all things new. I know that's talking future tense when the new world, but he does that even now. I'm challenging you today. If you've come to Christ, you are a new creation. Jesus has picked up that eraser. He's erased the pain of the past, the hurts, and he's rewritten it by his acceptance and his love for you. I challenge you today to believe that, to reckon, as Paul says, to consider, realize that Christ has done a new work in you. You're a new creation. I just wanted to share that with you today because it's a very important lesson and something that many people don't really understand. They don't live the new creation life. And it begins by walking in faith, believing that Christ has erased that. And then if you don't know him, if you never accepted him into your life today, if you're not in Christ, come to him with your failures, with your problems, with it all, and just say, Jesus, I need more than a makeover. I need a new creation experience. And invite him into your life and you'll begin to see new creation realities come into your life and to change you. Oh, yes, that's what Jesus does. Well, our time is up. This is Pastor Jim McKinnis, and I just wanted to share that with you today. And if you want more information, just look us up, uh, Growing in God's Word, and uh, we'll see you next week. 
Father, come and fill me up. Let your spirit come. Rain down in my life. Flood me with your love. I claim on earth what's coming from heaven to be here any day. Oh, I can taste his promise that is coming my way.